Welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And welcome to episode number 124. Pretty impressive. Uh, thank you everyone for listening in and thank you everyone for sharing it and spreading it around. Uh, we're in over 71 countries right now, which is pretty impressive. So thank you everyone for telling your friends and sharing the podcast and uh, sharing it online and spreading the the word about what we're doing here. And today, as part of our season two, and as I remind everyone, we're now doing just straight up record release. We literally record the episodes, release them within 24 hours, no wait, so they go right out. So today we have back on Spencer McDonald of Spencer's Beef Jerky. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be back on. Um, I didn't realize you're up to that many episodes now. I think you're only at like maybe like 40 something. Uh, yeah. Last time I was on, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and actually, I I want to make sure I correct myself. It's actually Spencer's Jerk and Jerky. I said Spencer's Beef Jerky, but and you're from Ashburn, Virginia. So, how have you been? I've been good. Been good. Very very busy. Um, a lot more going on. A lot of the, a lot of the thing that we talked about last time, and then uh, I've been working on some new things too. So uh, it's definitely been uh, busy, but you know, in a good way. So one of the things, Spencer, that I love is your business model, and we we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. But before we get into it, I sort of want you to take the time to tell everyone how they can find you online uh, and on social media, and then from there, just go into sort of you know, the brief version of your business and how you developed your business model. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm on, uh, I wouldn't say every platform. It's, I feel like a new platform is top of every day, but you can find me on, on most of the major platforms. Um, you can find me on Facebook. If you just look up Spencer's Jerky, uh, I'm on Twitter under Jerk and Jerky. And then uh, my website is Spencer's Jerk and Jerky.com. Um, and that's with no G on the, on the Jerk and just J-E-R. K-I-N, jerky. Um, yeah, you can find me in all those places. Uh, ordering off my website is the easiest way, but there's links from Facebook and Instagram to make your purchases as well. Um, but yeah, that's the easiest way to find me. Uh, as far as the business model, to kind of go back over that again, um, really what I strive for and what I kind of pride myself in is not only making you know delicious beef jerky, but really trying to make the freshest beef jerky on the market. And the way that I do that is by following a model that is made to order. So what that entails is as soon as a purchase actually comes in through my website, that's actually when I go to the butcher to source out the steak for your specific order. So I don't have any freezers at home. I don't keep anything frozen. I literally go to the butcher fresh um, and get them to slice the steak for your order. Uh, when I bring it home, I also make every marinade fresh for all my flavors. So I have five flavors. I got my original, my old bay, my lemon pepper, my mandarin jalapeno, and then my habanero bourbon. So I make every one of those marinades fresh for your order as well. And then it's marinated for 24 hours before I actually, you know, dehydrate the steak and make it into the beef jerky. So what all that means is you literally place an order on my website, say on a Monday, you know, and usually within a week's time, you have jerky at your door that literally came fresh from the butcher, you know. Yeah, I think that's um, one of the coolest things. And I mean, I mean, it's obviously something as you're building your business, but I love the built business model. You're not sitting on inventory. You're not sitting on money invested in a product and it's just sitting there and worried about what its shelf life is going to be and everything else. It's literally ordered. It's as fresh as it can get. 
the marinades made, you obviously portion the marinade based on how many orders come in or, you know, what those orders are. And, and then it's straight to the consumer. I mean, there's no middlemen or anything like that. You literally drop it in the mail, which you show on your Instagram, which is where I follow you, um, all the time and the orders that come in. And one of the other cool things that I like what you do is, um, you sort of announce when you hit new States, which is kind of crazy. And yeah, I think uh, I think last time I was on, I think we were at 25 out of the 50 states. Um, I should have done the math again before uh, recording this, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, we're at 19 left now. So we're slowly, slowly getting there. We've we've definitely uh, hit both coasts first. You know, I'm from the East Coast. We hit the East Coast pretty hard first, and then the West Coast, and then now we're starting to fill in the middle um, time over time, which is which is pretty great. So, um, did you say you had 19 more? Yeah, I think we got nine, 19 left to try to hit. And oh, my, 19 my goal left. That oh, that's pretty cool. Myself, yeah, is to, is to hit the last 19 before February. Um, February will, will beat my two years in business, so I want to try to hit all 50 in the first two years. And one of the things, Spencer, is that many people, like I really think it's important because you're really at the beginning stage of building your business and you're not taking on too much and you're building it the right way using the free resources or resources that are out there through social media in building your product, you're not jumping right in, let's do this, let's build this model, let's overcommit ourselves and burn out because all the businesses that I know or I've been involved in, it's a slow build before you ever have any, what I'll call, huge financial success. And so I like that you're doing it. I mean, but your persistency and your dedication um, to continue with social media and make sure you post things. I mean, tell me a little bit about that, how you you find the motivation every day to make sure you keep up with what you're doing right now. Because, you know, it isn't like, okay, I'm going to open up my own manufacturer. I'm going to do this or, or co-pack or go to a supermarket. You're literally building this from the ground up day by day. Yeah, you know, some days are definitely easier to find motivation than others. Um, I think I talked about it a little bit last time. Every once in a while, there'll be a lull where I'll go, you know, a couple days where it seems like um, I'm not getting orders. And I'm like, well, you know, what's going on here? Why, you know, why is it not, you know, maintaining the pace that, you know, it may have been last week. Um, but then I have weeks like this past week where um, currently I'm sitting on, I have 19 orders to fulfill at home over the weekend. So, you know, that's kind of the motivation is, you know, when I see those spikes and it happens that way. And then I see people posting about it when they receive it, um, Customer feedback is definitely, you know, very important to me. That's definitely probably the main motivator for me is just seeing people actually receive it and post pictures themselves, you know, without me asking for them or them sending me stuff um, when they're on vacation and they took it on a road trip. Um, those kinds of things definitely, you know, really keep me motivated. And especially since last time we talked, um, it's really gone well, well beyond, you know, the friends and family and stuff like that, which, you know, it, it was at that point last time, but now even more so, you know, I have people ordering from like New Mexico who I've, you know, never met, never heard of, I've never been to New Mexico. Um, so just seeing it expand like that and just getting, you know, honest feedback from people who, you know, have no real reason to be anything other than honest with me and, um, you know, them giving me, you know, positive criticism on my product, you know, definitely motivates me every day. Well, and we talked a lot about last time how you were going to like microbreweries and doing like, you know, combination flavors and marinades and stuff for them. Is that something you're still doing? 
you know, it's not, it's not something that I've necessarily intentionally stopped doing. Um, but you know, to, to kind of backtrack the last episode again too, uh, you know, I still am working, you know, a full-time office job, which takes up quite a bit of my time. So I haven't had as much time as I'd like on the weekends to really get out to, you know, the breweries and stuff like that. Um, I still have stopped by a couple of breweries recently. I haven't done a, a flavor with you know, the beer infused probably since last time we talked. Um, it's something that I think I talked about last time where some breweries, you know, the ones that I've done it for, they, they see it and they, they see the reaction from their consumer base and they realize that it's a great way to market their beer for free. And uh, the people really love to order the beer and try the jerky that pairs with it. But I'm still, I'm still having people that a lot of breweries that don't really understand the proof of concept or they don't believe in it because they have already have uh, jerky vendors that they're loyal to. But what those jerky companies do is send them a box. They put the jerky on the shelf in the corner of the brewery and there's no story behind it. There's no, you know, flashy label. There's nobody there to really talk to them about it and let them know, you know, what the product is. So even if the jerky is delicious, even if it does taste, you know, maybe as good as mine, it, there's no story behind it. So it just kind of sits there. So they don't really see the value in the product where when I go to a brewery and set up a table, you know, I might sell 25, 30 pounds of beef jerky in an afternoon. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of that struggle of getting these other breweries to really see the proof of concept and understand how well it's worked for the breweries I have done it for. Um, so I've kind of, I've kind of curbed that a little bit. And what I started doing is focusing a little bit more, uh, online. So I started doing a new flavor pretty much every month, probably for the past four or five months. And then what I'll do is I'll only make that flavor for that month. So I did a Cajun flavor for a month. I did a uh, honey barbecue flavor for a month using uh, my buddy's homemade barbecue sauce. I did a uh, pineapple teriyaki for a month. And what I've also noticed is a lot of uh, repeat customers will want to try that new flavor, but then they'll stick to their usual order and they'll get their other flavor too. So in a lot of ways, uh, I'm getting tw- like you know twice the size of an order from these customers who might have ordered one pound of jerky. Now they're ordering you know two pounds of jerky because they want to try the new thing and then they want to stick with what they know they love already. I really like that, and um, I mean based on that, how do you come up with your new flavors every month? You know, a lot of times it, it, I ask friends, I ask people, uh, you know, at the bars on the weekend. If I'm sitting there, I'll be like, hey, well, you know, what kind of what, what kind of jerky would you like to like to try? Um, my last one that I did was the Cajun flavor. Uh, I had a roommate who grew up in Louisiana, and that's, you know, pretty popular down there. So that's kind of why I went with that one. Um, the teriyaki, I had a lot of people who wanted something maybe not as spicy. And, you know, most of my flavors do have quite a kick to them. So I was like, you know, let me make something a little bit more on the mild side. Um, but, yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot of just brainstorming. I'll look at different recipes online. Um, something that I always strive for is, like, I don't like, you know, adding sugars and, all these other like non-natural things to my flavors because at the end of the day, you know, beef jerky should just be steak. So, you know, I treat it as such. So I look at different steak marinades that I would probably eat if I was barbecuing. And then I try to apply that to my beef jerky. Yeah. And I think that's important is there is, um, and I've talked about this on a different uh, beef jerky interviews we had on the podcast, but it's keeping it as natural and as little sugar and salt as possible. Well, you know, as you can, because you're right. It is about the meat. It's not, it, the marinade gives it a good flavor, but I feel like, 
you want it to be, you know, healthy in, in the ways that can be since the trends are going that way. And beef jerky is a great snack. I mean, it's easy to carry. It's light. If you're hiking, if you're exercising, if you're on the road, as much as I am, the, it's easy to throw in your backpack, take with you through an airport or on a plane and not have to spend a fortune. You can just buy it, uh, there. And obviously the stuff at the airport's usually not the healthiest. So there's that as well. So I love what you're doing. And for the audience, if you want to hear uh, Spencer's first episode, it's episode 65. Uh, it was released June 14th of this year, 2019. So you can go back and listen to that as well if you want a, a deeper background on what Spencer's doing. But I want to get into um, sort of what you do on social media. Because, I mean, you, I've watched your social media account now over the last... I think it's been eight months um, since we started talking to do the first podcast, and I've watched your numbers climb slowly. And it, again, it's not this giant leaps and bounds, but it's sort of inching its way on, up there. I mean, so you, I mean, tell me a little bit about your strategy when it comes to social media. Yeah, so I try to make a conscious effort to really, um, you know, post as often as possible without, you know, overdoing it. You know, I don't want people to necessarily feel harassed and feel like the only thing they see on their feed is me posting, you know, 10 times in a, in a row. Right. Um, but at the same time, that's also where I feel like I get a lot of my, a lot of my purchases. Um, I, I could sit there all morning and not have any purchases. And then, you know, right around rush hour, I'll start, you know, putting some posts on there, whether it's on my main page itself on Instagram or uh, through, you know, the Instagram stories and, most of the time, once I'm done posting, you know, that's when a couple orders come, come in. Um, so, you know, I try to target certain times of the day. Um, Instagram is pretty good with analytics and seeing like when the best time to post is. So I take a look at that. Um, I honestly don't really ever spend any money on like the sponsored ads unless I'm doing an event at those breweries. Like we touched on, you know, I will, you know, throw, you know, five, $20, um, on one of those and target, you know, the local area, to let people know that I'll be at a brewery that's having live music, that's having a beer release and that I'll be there with this jerky. And um, people will come in and say that like they saw the ad on Instagram and that's why they're there. So I know that there's traction with those, but other than that, uh, I really haven't shelled out money um, as far as like Instagram, Facebook ads, just to market the product itself. Um, I tried to, you know, grow it as organically as possible. Um, now I will say though, like just starting last week, uh, maybe a month ago, actually, I started kind of gravitating a little bit more towards um, Twitter and seeing what kind of traction you know I could make there. And it started with one of my buddies who has a podcast uh, that's for um, University of Virginia uh, sports. So he was just starting that out. So I was like, hey, well, why don't we help each other out? I'll sponsor you know your podcast, and then you know that'll get you some followers from you know me, and then vice versa. You know, some of your followers will probably check me out. So I started doing that. And then I also uh, just started sponsoring um, the number one rated uh, Florida Gators podcast. Uh, I'm from Orlando originally, so I've been a Gators fan my whole life. So I actually started sponsoring with them a little bit. I just did one of their pop-up shows and, um, you know, I threw a couple dollars at it and that's come back, you know, four or five times sold already. And that was just from Friday till today. That's, that's kind of where all those 19 and 20 orders came from. Um, so that's something I've kind of gravitated towards on social media a little bit more is Twitter. I feel like stuff can get reposted, retweeted there a lot quicker. Um, and 
a lot of these podcasts, uh, there's just a lot of fans out there. And that's actually where I got a lot of the states checked off on that mark, too. I was at like 22 or 23 states just a couple days ago. So um, that's really kind of helped, you know, gravitate a whole new audience, a whole new group of people that I wasn't really catching on Instagram. Yeah, I love that. And uh, actually, Deborah and I were at the LSU uh, Florida Gators game in Louisiana. I think it's been two weeks ago now. So that was pretty fun. Quite an environment, college football. Um, went to small college and Deborah went to CU, which uh, has pretty good football culture, but nothing compared to the Gators or uh, LSU for that matter. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was at last year's game, which I, which I liked a little bit better than this year's game. But yeah. yeah, yeah, no, the Gators didn't do too well. Although it was a great game, I mean, they were going head to head, tied almost the whole game, which was pretty awesome. It was it was definitely a great game. You know, I, I, I prefer a different outcome, but you know, the game the game itself was great to watch. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I'm all right. So let's talk about something else. I've noticed that you've started. Um, you know, online you have the beef jerky and stuff like that, but you've now started experimenting with other meats or, or maybe it's something you've always done, but I caught a Instagram post the other day that you were actually going to do Turkey jerky. I think it was Turkey. Yeah. Um, so that kind of all ties back into what we were just talking about. So, um, let me backtrack before I actually sponsored an episode of that podcast, which is, um, it's actually called stadium and Gale. Um, before I actually decided to sponsor an episode with them, um, I had already been talking to some of the guys from the show and then they're also part of like a bigger network that's called the, the big three roll up, which, um, for those of you guys who don't watch college football and is familiar with Florida, the big three is Miami, Florida, and then, uh, Florida state. So they have fans and different people from all different, uh, of those teams and they kind of all get together and they all have separate podcasts and they get together and do one main one. So, what I had done was uh, I just sent them down, you know, some smaller packages just to try out. And uh, they took it with them on some of their live streams. They went to SeaWorld. They brought some with them um, and they all tried it and they all loved it. So then one of the guys doesn't actually eat uh, beef. He doesn't eat red meat. So he asked if, you know, I would make a turkey option. So I said, you know, what? I can definitely try to make that for you. I was like, you know, don't hold it against me if it's not great. Uh, but, you know, if you want to be one of my taste testers, you know, I can definitely do that. Uh, so I agreed to do that for him. Uh, life got in the way a little bit. It can take me a little while to, you know, find the right turkey and really, you know, get it down. Uh, and then when I sponsored the episode, uh, they, they announced on the podcast that I sold turkey jerky. So what I decided to do at that point was kind of do a, a trial run, if you will, of the flavor. So I asked the guy, um, you know, what, what flavor of my flavors would you like? You know, he picked up Mandarin jalapeno, uh, which is a twist on like, an orange chicken recipe from a Chinese restaurant. So it should go pretty good with the poultry. Um, but I decided to do a trial run. And what I did is I opened up 25 spots, uh, in my inventory, my website, and I put up the Turkey jerky for free. And I basically said, Hey, if you guys go online, go to my website, order this, you know, you only have to pay shipping and I'm going to send out the Turkey jerky. I just asked you, tell me what you think of it. You know, what would you change? What, what's your opinions on it? And that's going to kind of be, where I decide if it's something I want to roll with or if to go back to the drawing board and uh, try something else. So I'm, uh, I'm marinating it right now. I'm going to cook it all this weekend and ship it all out on Monday. But I got yeah about 25 different batches of uh, turkey jerky going out to customers this week. 
And so, I mean, that's a great idea is why not let the consumers who are already your loyal fans get the free product and taste it versus going out there with people who aren't your customers and having them try your having try your new flavors. I think, I mean, it's a great way to, one, reward your existing customers. And two, it's a great way to get them, the people that are already eating it, to test it. I mean, who's going to be more honest with you? I would say probably your current fans, uh, one, because they're already loyal. And number two, they get to participate in the business and have ownership and stakeholder be a stakeholder in any new flavors that come out. I think that's amazing. I really like that concept, actually. I'm surprised more people don't do it. Everyone does these blind taste tests of random rooms and goes to a random grocery store. But in a way, you're giving it to your existing clientele, which I think is really cool. Exactly, yeah. And that, that kind of ties in. One of my one of the other ways uh, I market it nowadays is whenever I'm cooking all of these different batches, I always make a little bit extra. And then usually a strip of, of my beef jerky is probably usually, you know, like five or six inches long by like, you know, two or three inches wide. It's a nice strip of steak. But what I'll do is I'll take, I'll take a knife and I'll slice it into thin little pieces and then whenever I go out for the weekend, whether I'm going, you know, down to D.C. or if I'm just going to like a local bar or something like that, I'll bring the jerky with me. And then when it comes up in conversation, uh, you know, I'll let people try it there. Um, and that's the way that I catch all uh, new people and like face to face and let them try it. Um, and that usually that usually goes over pretty well, too. That's uh, and I love that. And I, I'm going to also talk about I mean, how did you choose Shopify as your website? I mean, I use it. And anything that I've ever done, we tend to migrate towards it. But I like the platform. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts about it and feedback? Because I think a lot of people out there are looking for where to put an online store. Um, yeah, I I initially wasn't on Shopify for probably like the first month, two months, maybe tops. Um, and the website was just kind of like it was just kind of there. You know, it was there, but it didn't really seem like it was getting traffic. I was still getting most of my orders, you know, through, you know, people messaging me and, you know, paying other ways, whether it was, you know, using PayPal or Venmo or, um, you know, using my card reader in person. But then when I switched over to, uh, to Shopify and part of the reason why I did was just, it's really user friendly. I mean, I've always been kind of a computer guy, but I feel like, you know, you don't have to know all that much to really use it, but it just integrates really well with everything else. So, uh, what really started driving sales there and, you know, they're great with analytics too. If you could, if you go on Shopify, you can, you know, pretty much break down anything you can imagine with your, you know, your traffic and your orders. But, uh, it was the ability to have these stores on the other platforms linked to my Shopify. So, you know, it allows you to have a shop on Instagram. It allows you to have a shop on Facebook and it allows you to track if that's where the purchases are coming from, which is kind of cool. Um, and then even like for like the merchandise and stuff that I have on my website, uh, they have apps almost like on your phone where you can add on. So I use a company called Printify that makes all of my, you know, merchandise and it allows it just to like seamlessly, you know, connect with Shopify so that it's all on the same platform. Um, I had an Etsy at first for merchandise, which I had to pay for extra like per product per quarter or something like that. And, you know, I didn't like having people go to two different places where now you can go on and you can, you can order a t-shirt you know, and you can order a pound of beef jerky from the same place at the same time, you know, one, one transaction. Um, I feel like it's just, it's just a really easy, you know, user-friendly platform to use. 
I agree with you. And I think it's just all the shipping that's integrated and all of that stuff. I don't know if that's how you do your shipping, but I, it all integrates in so well that you don't have to go through different channels and things like that. And things integrate in really well. Actually, I'd just been recently disappointed that they stopped connecting with MailChimp for marketing through email and um, direct to um, consumers through the mailbox. But I guess it's one of those yeah, things is, they're just in a tug of war. That is a good point you brought up too, which I forgot to mention. Uh, Shopify does partner with all the different shipping companies, whether it's UPS, USPS, FedEx, and gives you an automatic discount, the lowest price. So yeah, I use them for all my shipping. I can really click on the order, buy label, print label, you know, right there. The packing slip comes right from there. Um, and then I also forgot to mention the other thing that was nice is uh, they sent me a, you know, a, a chip reader for free for when I go to the breweries. And what's nice about that is I used to have my website you know, reports, you know, for tax purposes. And I also had my, um, square reports and I kind of had to like do the math, figure out, you know, yeah. how much I actually sell where now that I use my Shopify card reader, it all registers at the same place. It shows that it was a, you know, uh, you know, an in-person transaction, but allows me to track my sales and everything like that all on one place. So I don't have to go to multiple websites, remember multiple passwords or, you know, anything like that, which is, which is nice. Yeah. I love that about it. It makes it so much easier to do and, and track it and, go integrate right into an accounting system and things like that. So Spencer, um, one of the things we're doing on this next season is I want to sort of talk about, um, and ask people this question. And the question is, what do you think are the core values of a leader or leadership being that you've been in the, the, an entrepreneur now and, and as your business grow, what are the core things that you think, that a leader or you as a leader need to have in order to grow your business? Sure. So, I mean, the, the, the cool thing, at least at this point now is, um, I only have to be my own boss and that that's a good and bad thing. Cause I'm probably harder on myself than I would be on somebody else, which is good for my business, but maybe not the best for my own well being from time to time. But I mean, accountability is always huge. You know, just you, you need to, you know, admit your own mistakes and, you know, move forward from them and find a way to fix them. Um, you know, I work in management, you know, for my full-time job and something that, you know, I always let people know and something that's always, you know, a main thing that I push whenever somebody new joins my team is like, Hey, like, listen, I understand, you know, with a job, with a company, everything's not always going to be perfect. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. Kind of like you talked about, you know, what motivates me to go day by day. But the main thing is if you're going to bring something up that you don't agree with something that, you know, doesn't mesh well with you, you need to bring a solution. Um, you know, I don't have time to listen to, uh, you know, complaints or negativity if there's not, if it's not paired with how we can fix it or like what's wrong with it and why we should fix it kind of thing is, is something that's always really important to me. Um, cause otherwise you're just dwelling, you're bringing negativity, you're going to bring other people down that can bring down the morale of everybody. Um, so, you know, those two things are definitely, the, the main ones. And then, um, just having fun, you know, that's part of the reason why I think the brewery thing has always been, uh, you know, a big focal point of my business model, even if it hasn't been as much lately is, you know, getting out there, you know, being in public, you know, having a few beers with new customers, old customers, and just having a good time with it. Um, it kind of, it kind of helps pair with, you know, the monotony of, you know, cleaning every day, uh, which we talked about in the last episode, you know, my least favorite part is, 
you know, when I have to clean and do inventory and stuff like that, like not inventory of the jerky, obviously, but all my spices, all my sauces, things like that. So, I mean, one of the cool things that, that I think that you're getting to experience is literally you're having to manage it all yourself within that. So as you grow it or move the company into a leadership or grow it, you're the one with the boots on the ground every day that knows what your process is, what, what the customers want. You're having to deal with them. You're out there in the brewery selling it. I mean, so I want to sort of talk about that a little bit amongst the leadership aspect, which is how amongst that um, do you feel that it translates sort of into your customer service? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's definitely a, you know, a huge thing um, that I think as the company grows and as I do bring on employees and stuff like that, that's definitely going to be a, a big tool and a, a big way to help me um, motivate them and realize that, you know, I understand what they're going through. If they're, you know, having daily struggles, things like that, um, I can relate it back to, you know, to my day job, right? So, you know, like I said, I work in management full time. However, you know, I started at this company that I work for as an entry level employee. So, you know, like, like you said, I've had my boots on the ground, you know, I've done pretty much every job you can do here up until I got to this point. So when my employees are struggling with something, you know, I can relate it back to, you know, real world experience at this current job that I've done. Like, it's not like, Hey, you know, I used to also work at, you know, X, Y, Z as a kid. And I can kind of relate to what you're going through. No, no, I've, I literally have done the exact job you're doing. And, you know, I had this exact experience and here's how I got through it. Here's how I kept myself motivated. Here's how I, you know, started, you know, tomorrow better than today ended that kind of thing. So Spencer, um, Let's go through, I want to back up a second because you talked about the different flavors every month. Um, Let's talk about the last few months, what those flavors have been, and how do you decide whether or not those flavors stay on there or not? And I know I'm jumping around, but it, you know, this question that's in my head is if a flavor is good enough on this random month, do you keep it around or you make sure they're only limited time? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I only do them for a limited time. Um, the reason why I do that, to be 100% honest, kind of relates back to what we've been talking about where, you know, it is only me, right? And being that I have those five flavors that I, you know, make every, you know, anytime you can order, I still do from time to time get people who say, I want to try all five flavors and they order all five flavors. Um, if I had, you know, 10 flavors and that started happening, I really probably wouldn't have the, you know, the time uh, or the resources to really make that order happen as fast as, you know, I would like, you know, for my own standards. So that's kind of why I, you know, only do it for that given month. Um, that's the business reason. The other reason really honestly too, is it, it, it does, you know, it does drive some urgency when they see like, Oh, that's a new flavor for the month. And you know, it's the 28th. There's only a couple more days till I can order this and then it's going to be gone kind of thing. Um, so that, 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 that was part of the reasons why I don't, you know, keep them going, you know, month after month. Um, but I, I also, I mean, I will have people reach out to me from time to time. I'll be completely transparent on it. So I have people reach out to me and they say, Hey, I really want to try, you know, that barbecue flavor you had a couple months ago and I'll still, I'll still make it for them. It's just, um, you know, I need that person to message me to kind of, kind of request it on the side and, you know, I'll, I'll still get it done for them. Um, I just don't market or have it readily available so somebody can't order, you know, 10 pounds of it, (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah, no, understood. And 
I mean, so what's, what's your, any ideas what your flavor is going to be for November? Yeah, so I, I, I just uh, have been super busy this month. I didn't actually roll one out um, for, uh, for this month yet. So I think I will do one for, uh, for November. Um, I'm thinking about, I already actually have the graphics and stuff done for it. So I'm thinking about doing a chili lime flavor. Um, and honestly, there was, there's not like a really long winded or exciting story. I honestly was out buying some spices that I needed and I saw a chili lime spice on the rack and I was like, you know what, that could be, you know, that could be the next flavor. So, um, I haven't done the full recipe yet for what it's going to include. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a sneak peek into what I'm going to make for November. That's pretty fun. I like that. Uh, I was thinking maybe it was going to be something like a turkey cranberry marinated jerky, which I don't know if it would work, but in my head it sounded like a great idea. But um, I get it, though, because you want to – some things are never going to work with jerky, and, and I don't understand it. It's not something that, that I do. I certainly enjoy mm-hmm. it, but the how you guys make sure the, the flavors work right and the experiment, and it's a lot of, I assume, trial and error – and getting people to taste it, which is a whole other, you know, dynamic. Yeah, what I do, um, what I do when I like make a new flavor is I honestly bring it. I bring it to the local bar, and I let all the bartenders try it. And that's honestly where I, where I get my taste tests done um, for a brand new flavor. I say, hey, here's the new one. You know, I usually make I usually make at least a pound of it before anyone. Sometimes before I even market it at all. Um, I'll make a pound of it and I'll bring it there and be like, what do you guys think it needs? You know, what's, what's perfect about it? What would you change if you could change something? Um, and if I hear, you know, the same thing from three or four different people, I'm like, all right, well, obviously I probably should change that. And, you know, maybe it needs a little bit more heat, things like that. Um, and I'll, I'll go home and tweak it and I'll bring it back to them and be like, what do you think now? And they're like, all right, this one's good. And then I'll go ahead and start, you know, actually shipping it out to customers. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Lastly, before I um, before I let you off, um, I mean, is there anything that you want to share with the audience before we sort of bring this to a closing? Um, you know, I guess the main thing I would say is I'm, I'm definitely check me out on on Instagram. Um, definitely look me up on under Spencer's Jerky. What I was thinking about doing shortly, and you know, I've, I've tossed around the idea, I just haven't got around to it. Is uh, I'm going to repost my uh, my map of all the states I've hit, and what I'm thinking about doing is providing uh, some kind of deal or some kind of promotion to any of those states that you don't see filled in. So, for example, I've got the whole entire East Coast covered except uh, the state of Maine. So I'm thinking about doing a deal. You know, if you're from Maine, you know, if you're from uh, it's another state I haven't hit. Tennessee, uh, you know, if you're from these states, you know, maybe I'll give them um, some kind of deal, uh, you know, whether it's like buy one, get one free or something, just just to give them a chance to try it. But then, you know, also get, you know, help me out by checking that state off my list so I can reach that, you know, that goal by February. Um, speaking of promotions, though, I did actually yesterday or the day before I've been so busy, I forget. Um, I did go in and create a promo code for anybody who's actually listening to your podcast. So, if they go to Spencer's Jerk and Jerky.com, um, you know, Jerkin, just G E R J E R K I N with no G dot com. Um, if they actually just type in food, F O O D, um, it's going to take 10% off their order. Um, I figured I, I, I would just use food to make it easy. I know a lot of people probably can't spell entrepreneur off the top of their heads. So, yeah, yeah, no, uh, I know. Yeah. I misspelled <laughs> it the first time that, I wrote the then. podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I almost made it that. And I was like, you know what? Let me just make this easier, make it food. Um, but yeah, if you type in food, it's going to take 10% off your order. Um, I don't think we touched on this episode. We talked a lot about the, you know, it, within the States, but, uh, you know, I do ship worldwide. I've shipped it to Kuwait. I've shipped it to the Virgin Islands. Um, I picked Canada actually since our last uh, podcast. So, um, you know, I'm trying to try and send it everywhere, not just the 50 States, you know, any, any of those countries that you mentioned, um, which I saw a lot of traffic, uh, from random countries when I was on your episode last. So, um, yeah, if they want to order, that's the easiest way for them. Yeah. I love that. And so, I mean, let's get international with it. Why not? Let's pick off a few countries. So anyone that's in any other country other than the United States, order some jerky. Let's get the numbers up and use the food code. That's F O O D. Um, and I'll, if you don't mind, Spencer, I'll do something uh, today or over this weekend to help promote that and let people know they can go there over our social media channel so they can get that discount as well. And did you say it was 10%? Yeah, ten percent off, and then um, something that just popped in my head too. In, in regards to that, we're talking about shipping it further, shipping it to other countries. Um, we spent a lot of time on the last podcast and this podcast too, talking about you know my business model and how I you know strive to make it um, you know the freshest beef jerky on the market. Which you know I think you know I I think it probably is. I don't think anyone can really claim that it's fresher than mine. Um, but for those who don't know, maybe beef jerky is not as popular where you're from, or it's not something that you've really taking the time to enjoy growing up. Um, even though I try to make it the freshest ever, it, the stuff can last pretty much forever. Uh, you know, I vacuum seal everything. I've eaten it six months later. Um, and it's still, you know, had some moisture to it, to it still tasted fresh. Like I made it the day before. Um, so I think that's something that people may not know. Um, and I wanted to mention is, you know, I could ship it to you anywhere and, you know, you can let it sit on the shelf for months after months and you can still enjoy it and it's going to be completely fine for you. Yeah, I think the vacuum sealing is a huge thing. Um, the shelf life it gives is just incredible. So I think that's pretty important. Did I lose you there for a second? No, I'm still here. Okay, yeah, I think the shelf life and the way you do that, and, and actually your product is just a great display of building from the ground up and figuring out the right ways to do things now before you know, you get bigger and you're working through a lot of things. And those are the type of experiences where if you jump too far ahead, you know, you don't get them as a business owner or as an entrepreneur. And I feel like you're working your way through it. You're, I mean, and I love the idea of giving it away for free online so your existing clientele can test the products. I really love that concept. I mean, they have to pay for shipping, but why not have the existing people who already like your flavors test the ones and be rewarded for being clients? I do really like the trying to promote into every state. I like those little kind of goals as well as now let's, you know, branch out into every country we can with the beef jerky. I just, I like the goals there and the marketing and, and the competitiveness in a way that, that happens by doing that. So, you know, oh, I want to be the first person in, you know, Brazil to have Spencer's beef jerky and it creates this, you know, competitive thing that sort of goes on, which I really like that that I think it's a great idea. So Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Um, I'd really actually love to do maybe another episode over the holidays and talk, get really into depth over your monthly uh, jerkies that you've done. So it gives you time to reflect on, you know, your monthly specials and, and what's to come and help promote that. But I really want to dive into sort of the mad science around developing recipes and these different beef jerkies because you're always doing it. So 
I really just think it's such a cool and interesting thing. And it really lets the audience and hopefully future customers of yours, you know, get a little more personal with you. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I definitely would uh, love to come on again. It's always a good time. And yeah, we can definitely, uh, you know, dive in a little bit deeper into, you know, the different flavors and kind of what, what goes into, you know, that process, you know, I definitely, definitely have time on the holidays to talk more about that for sure. Awesome. So thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening in. You can find Spencer on Instagram, uh, Spencer's jerk and jerky.com online. And the, um, and you can find me at Justin and the food entrepreneurs on both Facebook and Instagram. And you can email me Justin at the food Thank you everyone for listening in and have a great day.